Um, well, it's been so long since we heard from you. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> good point. Uh, I was going to tell you, uh, you know, Adam, your negative 18, um, you know, sounds awesome. You know, you, you definitely get to, you know, win, uh, you know, win on it's colder. But I think I trump all of you for being out actually in it today. Oh, so oh God, if, any, if, if any, if anyone's leading this pity train, it's me. Oh, well, are you thought out? Oh, no, yes, I'm thoroughly, I'm thoroughly, you know, comfortable. Uh, I'm on my couch. Uh, got uh, some lovely Bombas uh, slippers on. Um, got a blanket covering my uh, my legs, and I got my dog laying on me. That does sound good. Do you work tomorrow too? I'm guessing. Yes, yes, yes I do. Okay. I work every I work every day this week. However, next week and then the week after next, I only work four. Nice. So, uh, so when the... will we be meeting up at the Londoner in Addison on Monday morning? Well, this we need to talk about this. So. Here's the outstanding issue, which is that you guys both have games at 9 a.m., which is great, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's also cool that we're all in the central time zone. But West Ham plays at 2, <laughs> and, and I don't know, so I don't know what to do about that. Obviously, we could get to the Londoner and uh, pretty early and enjoy all the 9 a.m. kickoffs, which I am definitely in favor of, but I don't know what to do after that. <clears throat> Well, so I mean, my so what, what, what y'all s- schedule it looks like for all that. I need to see how far that drive is for me because before I commit to yeah, because I definitely want to watch Fulham, but I don't oh, know yeah. if I want to drive for an hour and then watch Fulham. So what I could probably commit to is heading out after the Fulham game and then okay. being there for so let's see, Fulham game should be over by eleven. Mm-hmm. So heading over, you know, so being there probably by noon and then hanging out through the West Ham game, that's probably something that I could do. Okay. Jordan, I mean, you're close enough to me. We could we could enjoy stuff together and then head out if you wanted. Uh, like that. True. I mean, we could. I was also thinking we'd just go to the bar at 9 a.m. and just uh, <laughs> start drinking. Okay. Because I'll be honest with you, uh, I got to get my uh, beer muscles uh, in in shape. Uh, because we are doing another round of minor league hockey in Allen on Friday the thirtieth, and uh, there's going to be mimosa towers involved, and I need to, I need, I need, I need to build up some tolerance. But we could, we could, I could, I mean, I could always come over to your place, and we could leave after. Because you'll beat your dad's, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. so I'll, I'll be there, and then... Um, so I'll be there, and then... Chris, so we'll have... Christina obviously will be with me, and then also Christina's mom is going to come down with us, too. So she will be there, but okay. I don't know... Is Christina going to come work. with us to the Londoner, or is she going to stay? Great question. I don't know. Okay. Um, okay. We'll have to... Well, I'll have to, to work that out. So let's let's plan on the Londoner. And then Caleb, you can you can arrive when it is most convenient and easiest, and you know, okay. ideal for you. Um, and then Jordan, we can work out our thing. Um, yeah, I, once I, I kind of know more. I honestly, I honestly think it'd be nice to um, watch maybe the a match over at your dad's and then head down yeah. there. Yeah, 
and I'll, and and for that, I mean, you can. I'll be up at six thirty for Brentford Spurs. So I mean, you could you oh, could come over. Oh yeah, too. no, I could come over then too. Yeah. Uh, if if we if we are going to uh, open up a can <laughs> at six thirty in the morning, which I think <laughs> I think it would be fun to have like a celebratory cider. Who's driving down? Uh, just I'd say one cider. Okay. One. What's this one cider? Just a, just a cider. Uh, you don't forget because of Texas state law, they will not uh, liquor. You will not be able to buy alcohol for uh, from a liquor store for two days in a row. What? Yes. What so that? because they, so because Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. Okay. They're not selling alcohol. Obviously, it's on a Sunday. However, right. because the federal holiday is on Monday, they cannot oh. sell alcohol on Monday either. Oh. What? That's so, like Nazi so Germany stupid. to me. I know. <laughs> that's so dumb. Why would you make it like that? Like, I, I mean, I understand, like, it's that's like the the holiday recognized day. Um, because since Christmas falls on a weekend, but still, like I don't know, I feel like that's a. Is there no? Is there not some sort of law about essential services? And wouldn't that count as an essential service? I mean, if we're if we're all gonna you know try not to freeze before then, yeah, we definitely need some alcohol. <laughs> in our, uh, hey, you know. by well, I guess it's it won't quite. It's this time next week, which will obviously be after Christmas um, up here. It's going to be in the sixties. I know that fucking pisses me off. <laughs> I know it's so dumb. It'll be like sixty-five at some point. Yeah, yeah, it'll be great. What's it back in in Macon right now, Caleb? It's cold, but it's not this cold. Yeah, I mean it's That's... it's it's getting a little freezing, but it's not negative eighteen wind chill. This is some bullshit. I I oh. weatherproofing my house. I I mean it, it kind of worked, but just the entire north side of my house because the wind is just emanating cold. At the moment, it is ridiculous. Right. I hate it. Did you, did you get snow up there today, Adam? We got some, but it's it. The snow is is actually the least of our problems. And actually, yeah. I, I, power wise, we should be fine. Um, but my worry is the pipes in my house, and just trying to keep them as warm as possible, and trying to keep the cabinets open, and keeping stuff dripping, and all that stuff. I created a makeshift, um, uh, like, insulated cover for the 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 hose, the hose pipe that uh, faces north this morning. I was like, I should probably go out and do that, so it's got some stuff around it. It's got, like, some, a couple of plastic bags, and, and a couple of, uh, uh like, dish towels. <laughs> I think it's working. I went to the store. They, they, they everybody. Lowe's got bought out. I couldn't find any at, uh, at Lowe's. I can only find insulation for like walls and stuff. So it does not surprise me. Yeah, it, it was. It's it's ridiculous. Forget bread and oh, well, also the bread and and the the eggs and the milk. Those are all gone too. But right. Uh, so the other things. So of course. Well, if you haven't picked it up on it by now, hello, welcome back to We Ate All the Pies. The Cupcast is over. We're going to talk about some World Cup uh, here in a minute. Um, and then also, of course, you heard our, our, our plans for Boxing Day. So consider this your, I don't know, it's it's the official, the Premier League is back, World Cup wrap-up, Boxing Day preview, Christmas special. I don't think I'll fit all that in the title. 
Uh, but that's what we got uh, coming no, up. No, no, you... that's perfect. Okay, that's perfect. right, all right. I'll try. It. I'll have to go back and listen so I can make sure and get that uh, get that right. Um, uh, that was Caleb, who is not in Georgia. If you haven't picked up, he is uh, in the great state of Texas uh, this week yeah. visiting his Somehow family for went Christmas. Further south and got colder, <laughs> which is poor Texas shit, okay. would Texas count as further south than Georgia? Ah, uh, probably not. I don't know. It's. I feel like Georgia's in, deeper in the south. Part of Georgia. Yeah. 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 I went further west and got colder. Yeah. That's that's that definitely happened. That is. Yeah. That that definitely doesn't check out. Um. And then Jordan in from the cold from uh, his day at work today. Uh. Now I want to. So I think the last time because you weren't on. Uh. Previously, Jordan. I think in the build up to the World Cup, you had said that there was something interfering with your World Cup final. So I want to start with you, Jordan. Did you watch the World Cup final? And what did you think of it? Of course I did. Okay. Just check uh, Family Christmas be damned. I literally was the last person with presents in front of me because I was glued to the TV <laughs> because of the gift that was France versus Argentina. Um, however, I had this hot, I had this hot sports opinion. Um, if France good, has so freezing over here, give it to me. If, if, nice if, and hot. Okay, all right. If France has a healthy N'Golo Conte, Paul Pogba, and Kareem Benzema, they dog walk Argentina. It's not even close. That's an interesting, interesting. Th- it is interesting to look back at the injury list and say, what, what if? I mean, for me, the one that that stands out the most in that argument is Senegal. What if Senegal had Sadio Mane? Like, I, I think it would have been a world of difference. I think it may have been Senegal instead of Morocco holding the torch for Africa in the end. And uh, who God knows they may have gone further, but, um, but that's interesting about France. They were missing a lot. Um, and I think even Lucas Hernandez went down and, and his brother Teo yeah. uh, had to come in. So it, that, that is interesting. Um, and, but did you enjoy, I mean, did you, did you enjoy the fact that Argentina are now the champions? Uh, yes, yes and no, because, Someone like Lataro Martinez still gets to hold the hoist the World Cup, <laughs> and then there was the whole Salt Bay thing. I don't think that uh, was their fault, though. <laughs> I don't think it was either, which is weird um, because you know I thought I thought Turkey kind of has beef with everybody, so somehow he got to Qatar. Um, I'm happy. Okay, so I'm happy that the debate is over. That Messi uh, uh, is now like he, he his his greatness does not have to be qualified anymore. You know, he's won the Copa America. He's won a World Cup. He's an all time great. There is no more. Well, you know, he just didn't do it on the international level. Blah blah blah. I'm happy for that. Um, I I I just go back to you know the the first and then the second goal was the biggest example of this in my in my opinion. If Ngolo Conte is in that midfield, he's going to sit back and basically man mark Messi, uh, and just take him out of the game because what he was doing in the first half was he was coming up, uh, sitting in between the lines between the uh, midfield and the back line. And they would get uh, like a, a little one-two to him, and then he would take the ball and just make a neat little pass to the outside to a winger running, and that would just you know cut through the Fr- uh, the France back line. But um, I'm I'm I. 
I'm, you know what? I'm happy. I'm also happy because my wife won our world, our world cup picks. Oh, that's so, right. And uh, you, you definitely yeah. won. We're not going to provide much of more of an update of, of the weed, all the pies, um, uh, world cup prediction game because Jordan pretty much walked it. I think you got, you, what did it was you, you missed, no, you only missed one of you, of the round of 16 predictions. Um, I got all of my quarterfinal predictions incorrect. And and at that point, it was pretty much, I mean, there was just no, and, sure. and so I definitely came last. Caleb came in a very respectable second, uh, but Jordan pretty much walked it. Um, and then his wife won in the, uh, in, in the other, in, in our, our family pick game, um, which, yeah, I'd say, it may have been, oh, I owe her $5. I should send her that money. Sorry. That'll be coming, uh, that'll be coming shortly. <laughs> well, so uh, I'll send I'll send money to Sarah Beth. Yeah, I'm not sending any money to to Jordan. Right? No, that's the no. Rule. It's got to go to straight. Don't to send money. Yeah, I I even Venmoed my own wife because I I I Venmoed my own wife because uh, I was like I I know the rules. <laughs> yes, this is a dub. This is a dub for the family, but she's <laughs> the winner. Her, so yes, send me her uh, send me her Venmo. I think it's in the chat. It's it. It's in the group chat, but okay. Speaking um, of the, I, I did speak of the group chat. To be fair, all right. Well, that's for something that we're not going to discuss on, <laughs> on the podcast. No, Let's no, not no. go over we, that. Uh, we we do have a we do have a new verbiage for the podcast though. Um, to just walk into a complete bear trap, I think is now the Uncle Scott. Okay. Yeah. Because. <laughs> uh, Boy, he did that twice. <laughs> and yeah, Chef's kiss on how much uh, on how ignorant you could be, but mwah. yeah. Um, um, but speaking so, of speaking of world, sorry, uh, real quick. Speaking of World Cup, uh, World Cup cast wrap up Tuesday night. Uh, went to Sellerman's um, with the family. Uh, we saw your mom and Steve, Adam. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a La Mesa. It was La Mesa. Sorry, it wasn't Sullivan's. It was La Mesa. That's right. It was La Mesa. Uh, your mom was proudly uh, wearing her Cameroonian uh, scarf. Yep. She was – She mom Mom thought Cameroon would go far, and uh, that did not play out and, uh, in the group stage. But uh, she – so Devin, I'm having a- Devin, who you hear on this podcast a lot, um, got her that for Christmas. It was a very good gift. And now I'm going to start doing research on getting your mom the application for Cameroonian citizenship. <laughs> so uh, she'll be a dual citizen of Cameroon and America. I'm not going to state all the reasons why I think that may not work. But anyways, um, Caleb, I, Jordan kind of hit, hit on it. I, I won't, But I want to kind of throw it to you. First of all, was that the greatest World Cup final Ever number one and and number two because Jordan ended on this too. Does this settle the Messi versus Ronaldo debate? I would say. I mean, it's the best one I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not intimately familiar with every final that's ever happened, but I mean, it, it's hard to imagine a more dramatic final. I mean the the only the only thing that would have made it more perfect would have been if there had been a a um, a winning goal in extra time as opposed to going to penalties. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's hard to argue that you could have. I mean, if you wrote something that kind of inherently dramatic as like fiction, like people wouldn't believe it, um, because it's just too many things kind of fell into place. So, beautiful final, a lot of fun to watch. Um, I uh, 
flew into Texas um, Saturday and then Sunday morning morning got up and was able to watch with my dad, which was which was fun. Dad knows a lot about sports, but not a lot about soccer. So <laughs> it was fun to kind of explain to him how stuff was working while watching, you know, uh, one of the greatest World Cup finals of all time, if not the greatest. You know, I think the Messi-Ronaldo debate, you know, I I think those kind of debates do tend to get a little silly. I mean, they're two very different players. I mean, obviously, they they were both transcendent at a at a similar time, and so I think it's pretty easy to compare them. But they're different players. They've had different career paths. Um, and if anything, I think, I mean, obviously, Messi winning a World Cup does, as Jordan said, put we don't have to qualify it as, oh, he's a great player, but he never won a World Cup. So he won one that's fantastic. I was rooting for him. But more than anything, I, I think the way that Ronaldo is finishing his career versus the way that Messi is finishing his career is going to impact their legacies probably more than anything else, um, perhaps. At least their immediate in the immediate future of their you know retirements of whenever that happens. The fact that Messi is you know wanted by PSG and is beloved by by Argentina and obviously is missed by Barcelona. You know, it's very different than Ronaldo, who is having to, you know, kind of force his way out of off of a team that wasn't even playing him. Um, you know, and Ronaldo wasn't even starting, um, you know, World Cup matches, whereas Messi was was scoring goals that helped his team lift the cup. So um, I think that there I think that that debate is being settled in, in many ways. Um, and the World Cup is just one of them. So, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I, I, you know, it's it's. To me, it's kind of like uh, maybe maybe the the LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate is a bit different than this, but I kind of feel like it's similar in that look, you know, they're they're two players. They they have they're on different paths. Obviously, they they have both um, you know been equally as important to the game as a whole, and they're they're both recognized worldwide. You know, they have. Some different styles, but they're both recognized for their goal scoring, for what they bring to their teams, and just how truly, um, how they have no equal, I think, uh, in the game. Which that you know, it's a good point you, you made, Jordan, about Ingo, you know, uh, Ingolo Conte, and you know, would him marking Messi, and would that have made made a difference? I can understand the argument. I don't know that it would though, because to me, this was us watching Lionel Messi on a mission. It it was about Argentina, it was about himself, his legacy. You know, uh, I think I said I, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I know I said it before. You know, a, after that loss to to Saudi Arabia early on when Argentina came back in the next game and scored those late goals um you know, with with Messi scoring the first one against Mexico, I thought to myself, he's going to drag this team kicking and screaming all the way into the final. And it wasn't quite kicking and screaming. I think they all united around him. But I just feel like he was so determined to make this work, so much so that I think sometimes during the final he was playing a bit within himself. You know, it was was kind of his error that led to that second goal for France uh, that, that led to the equalizer. He lost it there in the midfield and, and it was quickly turned over to Mbappe who did uh, his thing, um, which again, he was very, I mean, Mbappe was brilliant in this world cup, um, just did phenomenal things. I think he'll be back to the stage. I don't, I don't really feel, um, you know, too sad for him. I, I think he's got a long and successful career ahead of him, 
But this was Messi's World Cup. And I think it's set up that way to be that way. And I think he did everything necessary to make it that way. Um, and you know, Messi versus Ronaldo, I kind of asked this question just because I am interested to know if there is anybody out there who could still make the case that Ronaldo is a better player in their opinion. Um, you know, just just because I, I, I'm curious about that and what that argument would be because I kind of agree. I, I think there there's no question now if, if Messi holds up his World Cup, Ronaldo holds up not that, you know, uh, and just that last chance that he had and, and sort of blew it. Um, I think there's there's no question uh, the, who's who's better. Um, how do we feel about the tournament overall? We kind of talked about this last last time, Caleb. So I'm interested to hear from Jordan. Are we going to miss this World Cup? Are we sad it's over? Are we happy that you know we're we're getting back to some Premier League, which we'll talk about here in a minute? Or you know, was this was this better than you than you thought? Was it worse than you thought? Are, are we going to miss the the last month that we just had? Honestly. Um... Not including the final, I think most people are just going to forget about this World Cup just because the time of year it it, it, it happened in. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it because, you know, it was full of chaos. I mean, you had the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia winning a match against Argentina in the group stage. You had um, an African team go to the semifinals. Um, <clears throat> Brazil, uh, who was the heavy favorite going into the tournament, uh, gets knocked out in the round of 16. Um, quarterfinals. You know, quarterfinals. But by Croatia. Quarterfinals. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. But in, yes, in the no. But quarterfinals. Just as shocking. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. This was a. It was a. It's going to be a very. It's a very memorable, immemorable World Cup. Like when. Like if people are just going to forget about it, but when they, like, you actually think about it, like, well, damn, you know, a lot of the crazy things happen. Um, I got a question for y'all, actually. Mm. Um, I want your World Cup surprise and then your World Cup disappointment. Japan, for me. Ultimate surprise. I mean, I don't... I think I said in the preview, you can't sleep against this team because they will punish you if you don't come ready. But that being said, most teams do come ready and they eventually do get one over Japan. They absolutely bossed that group. I mean, lost to Costa Rica aside. I mean, that they were, I think, before Morocco, they were the story of this World Cup. I And it, it was really impressive to me. And I I hope that this is helpful to their domestic league. I think they've been kind of going through some fluctuating crowds and maybe some issues, um, especially considering COVID and all that. I know everybody's gone through that, but they weren't in the best position for that. I hope this leads to a big boost in fandom uh, in Japan and that we start to see uh, the J-League rise in prominence again because um, they were really impressive to me. And for me, the I think, I, I, I think the biggest disappointment for me was England. And... Yes, they lost to a very, very good France team in the cruelest of ways. And yes, the referee during their quarterfinal match was absolutely horrendous. But you had Harry Kane sending the ball over the goal. I just feel like the firepower that England brought into that game against France to not score more than they did in the run of play was a bit disappointing. Hugo Lloris is a great goalkeeper. He's not that good. Um and and I, 
I feel like that France back line was there for the taking, and England just didn't take those opportunities. I'm glad Gareth Southgate is staying. I think it's fine because this disappointment is not as big as other England disappointments. Um, but and, and the future is bright. But I, I feel like the that was a missed opportunity. I, if England gets through that game, I do think they get to the final. And I just wonder what might have been at that point. But So for me, I, I think the d- biggest disappointment for me was, was England. I think that um, – I think that for me – I mean I, – the biggest surprise is definitely Morocco, just the way that they played. Um, and I think that's kind of easy to pick, but um, yeah. I think it's worth celebrating. I mean, mm. it's amazing that they won that that group and then continued to win. Um, you know, uh, and, you know, they played Croatia, who obviously had a deep tournament run. They played a Belgian team that, you know, while a bit aged, was, was still very good. And, and they beat a Canadian team that, frankly, was kind of the cream of the CONCACAF um, in qualifying for the most part. So yeah. they had a really remarkable tournament. Um, you know, I think the biggest disappointment has to be Germany. I mean, the yeah. fact that they weren't even able to make it out of out of the group stage and, and just the way that they performed. I mean, kind of an inverse to your Japan there, Adam. You know, you pick your, pick your poison. You know, is it yeah. Japan being impressive or is it Germany being – a disappointment. I think both are true. I think I think uh, Japan was incredibly impressive, and in Germany, um, I think, you know, this is obviously not the first time recently that Germany has underwhelmed in a World Cup, and I think that they need to take a serious look at at what they're doing from a domestic league standpoint and from a from a um, national team standpoint because um, you know it's just it's just really it's really surprising how poor um, they've been. Uh, particularly this year, so those those would be mine. Uh, my surprise, and I'm going to shout him out, um, Adrian Rebio. Um, you know, coming into this World Cup, I, or, you know, you know, prior to the Paul Pogba and uh, Conte injuries, I mean, he wasn't really going to be much of a factor um, in that in that French midfield, but you know, he really played wonderfully. Um, especially in a midfield that really lacked a lot of experience because you have Antoine Griezmann, uh, you know, dropping back when he's not necessarily a natural midfielder. Um, and I believe what is held is, uh, to a Maney. Um, yeah, he's only early 22. 20s. Yeah. So to, you know, carry that French midfield all the way to the final was very impressive. Uh, my biggest disappointment, um, it's got to be Belgium. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, because you had it all there. All your players are either in their early 30s or really late 20s. Like, they're, everyone's right on that 30-year-old 30 year old line. And you have such talent. You know, you have the Hazard brothers. You have uh, Kevin De Bruyne. You have Lukaku, who is an incredible cl- you know, cl- you know, club player, but for some reason just falls apart falls apart when it comes to the Belgium national team. You have, you know, Thibaut Courtois, you have, uh, you know, Vertonghen. Um, and then not only for them to not make it out of the group, but then to hear all this stuff that's coming out of the, you know, the dressing room and how basically like, you know, like a certain number of players just don't even talk to each other. I mean, uh, 
I think we mentioned in the uh, in the very beginning preview podcast, we talked about how is this really the last opportunity for the for this Belgium golden generation? Uh, and I think it clearly is, and I think this is clearly the end of you know Belgium being a you know competitor in uh, you know any European competition. I, I think they're going to take a major step back, maybe to the point where maybe they don't qualify for the next World Cup. Well, a lot is, you're right, a lot is going to fall on some young players uh, in Belgium to pick up that torch because, as you pointed out, I mean, a lot of these players are at the age where making another World Cup run is going to be really, really difficult, if not impossible. Um, I will say, uh, uh, you know, Speaking of disappointments for Belgium, if you want to look at players, I, I don't know that Kevin De Bruyne had such a great World Cup. And I think there, he, there was something he said, I think he said after either the, the second group game or the third one, that basically Belgium's too old and therefore they can't compete. And he made a lot of people upset by saying that. And I imagine that list includes some of the players and some of his teammates. Um uh, but he did. He he actually had a pretty good game for uh, for City today against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup, which we'll we'll go over in a minute. So, so he's at least looking good for the Premier League. But um, to kind of so to go back and kind of wrap this up, um, you know, Caleb, you had mentioned Germany. So this is the second World Cup in a row that Germany has failed to qualify from the group stage. It's the second World Cup in a row that we haven't seen Italy, who. I believe holds. I think I, I I think they're next with alongside Germany in terms of most World Cup titles in history, other than Brazil, and they didn't make it again. Um, next time around, we're going to have forty-eight teams. It's coming to America. We're also supposedly going to have this thirty-two team club World Cup, which was announced by FIFA. I don't know how that's going to happen. Personally, I don't think that does happen. Um, I don't think the players will allow it to happen. But is this was this World Cup the end of one era of football, and are we now seeing ourselves entering a new era of football? And how do we feel about that? I know that this is kind of a big question, and I'm going to ask that we sort of boil it down to some key points. But it just seems like this is a turning point for the world's game. And I don't necessarily know if it's a good one, um, for from for certain reasons. But it just feels like this World Cup represented the end of one era, and we are now starting the process of beginning another one. And I just I, I I'm gonna lay that down there, and whoever wants to pick it up, uh, go for it. I think it would be nice. I mean, I know what you mean in terms of you know, the end of an, an, an era, and obviously there's some format changes coming up, but I think it would, I would love to see a new era in terms of seeing different countries be more competitive in the World Cup, and I think we've wanted that for a while. I'd love to see some African nations be competitive, uh, you know, maybe win a World Cup. I'd love to see some Asian nations be competitive, win a World Cup. I'd love to see some CONCACAF nations win a World Cup. If if the change, if, if this change in football means less domination from South American and European um, countries and, you know, maybe more um, competition um, and success from, from other 
um, regions of the world, then, then I'm kind of all for it. I don't know if this forum will lead to that, but if that's the change that we see, then, then I would love to see that. I, I think that that would be, that would be fantastic. Well, I mean, having more teams, I do think introduces more variables that would allow for that kind of thing to happen. So I, I think you, yeah. you got a point there. Um, Jordan, uh, what do you think? Are we exiting this era of football and coming into another one? And how do you, how do you feel about that? How should we feel about that? Should we be excited or scared for various reasons? Um, so I, I hope we are entering a new era of, you know, global football. Um, with the last World Cup being held in Russia and this one being held in Qatar. Um, and then the, you know, the obvious, you know, corruption, you know, blatant corruption by FIFA in both instances. And then, you know, various, you know, human rights abuses that occurred, especially, you know, in the, in the deaths of migrant workers that happened in Qatar. Maybe we're entering an era where FIFA is going to... Um, actually just not take all the money and maybe think about their image <laughs> a little bit more. Now, I highly doubt that. Um, and, you know, we, you know, this next World Cup in 2026 could be the last time we see a, uh, a nation in the global north host an international event for, for, uh, for the foreseeable future just because uh, really the global south is the, is the last frontier of capitalism. In terms of you know building infrastructure, like building six new stadiums in in you know a couple of years time, um, but I'm optimistic. I I, I really am um, with Morocco and how you know they made it to the semifinal. Um, I, I think in terms of players, I think we're going to enter a new era of um, talent moving or not talent moving, but like these, the, the typical colonial countries that have a lot of immigrant children, like France, like England, like America, um, you know, like Germany to some extent, there's going to be a, uh, such a dearth of you know uh, such a dearth of talent that some of these players are going to you know play for the national teams of their parents and i think that's gonna uh help you know increase the parity in uh you know knockout tournaments like the world cup and like you know con- you know come to ball you know cup of america uh you know and then like the european championship so i'm optimistic but I do feel like with Messi winning the World Cup, we have ended a, an era of football. Is that CJ? I've been, I hear. I've been CJ. Yes, <laughs> I'm being summoned. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. What, buddy? This is CJ. We definitely. want. Does he have? What does he think about the era of? This is the next year. I don't know. <laughs> CJ, what do you think about soccer? Can you say soccer. Soccer. Can you say football? You did it. Can you say football? <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Let's try again. Okay. Okay. I think I, I got to go. This is the best go do this podcast stuff. has ever been. Yeah. Bye, bye, I'm have, sorry, guys. Have you said it's okay. That's all right. I got, I got to run. All right. Go, Uncle. But,
It was great to talk with both of you, and yes. I'll see you all soon. All right, we'll keep going, Jordan. But but that's uh, that's that was uh, that's Caleb, and that's his nephew CJ, and they're having CJ. Can you say can you say bye bye to Adam and Jordan? Say bye bye. Bye Jordan. Bye Adam. Bye bye. Oh, All right, I'll talk to you guys soon. Precious. That's a, that's that's you, you've paid the tax. You can I'm leave. Coming. I'm coming. <laughs> bye guys. Bye. That's brilliant. Um, no, I I think I think you're right, uh, Jordan. And I'm of all the things that I am optimistic about in this new era of football. I think football in the United States. You should be pretty optimistic right now because of. Ah, just just because of the way the league is going, like you said, the 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 players that are coming through, this generation of players that you know is, is sort of elevating this game. But I will say this to your point about, and and then we'll, we'll get on to the Premier League talk. But t- to your point about, um, you know, FIFA sort of maybe trying to care about their image more than their money. I do think we will have an international football organization that cares about their image more than their money. I don't think it's going to be FIFA. And I'll just leave that at that. Um, I, I just foresee some things in the future that could lead to perhaps a, a monumental change in who runs football internationally. Um, but one can dream. So <clears throat> world cups over Argentina are champions. Congratulations, Mr. Andres Cantor. Um, Break out! It's time to break out the mince pies. Get some sprouts boiling. Put the kettle on. Break out the uh, the Baileys. Grab yourself a brew. Head down to the pub. English football is back. It didn't entirely go away. We've had some lower league action uh, going on throughout the entire World Cup, of course. But the Premier League returns to our screens on Boxing Day, the most glorious of days, often called Second Christmas. Um, and just to start us off, Jordan, let's take a look at the top of the table where we find Arsenal, five points clear. They will be top of the table at Christmas. This is uh, an honor that is usually made a big deal of. I don't know if it's always made a big deal of in quite these circumstances, but if you take a closer look, Mikel Arteta's men are definitely going to find themselves under threat immediately. Here's our next few games. In the league, they play West Ham at home, so that's maybe not too threatening. But they go to Brighton. They get your boys at home, uh, Jordan, Newcastle, make their trip way down to London. Then they go to Spurs after an FA Cup date against Oxford. Uh, they get Manchester United at home, and then they go to Everton, and that's that's how they they start off February is is up on Merseyside to get us back into the swing of things, Jordan. What are your thoughts on Arsenal holding this together and actually managing to mount a title challenge? Or are you looking at the schedule and maybe thinking this might be a little tough for them? Um, I actually think Arsenal has a pretty decent chance to hold on uh, to uh, the the top place in the table, uh, you know, through the end of the season, just because, you know, like Newcastle, they came out of the World Cup injury free. Uh, you know, Saliba, uh, you know, got him some nice training. Uh, Martinelli, same thing with Brazil. Um, 
you know, Saka, you know, played really good for England. Um, so everyone's going to be healthy. And I, I am, I'm, I, I would be optimistic if I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, it's going to be an interesting end of the end of the season, you know, uh, run up to the end of the season, just because there are a lot of teams that are either in form or, you know, hitting form. And it's, it's going to be crowded at the top. Because, uh, you know, I, I feel like personally, Newcastle's not going to go away. Um, especially, uh, you know, under uh, under Eddie Howe in this new regime. Because, and uh, I know you didn't watch this match, Adam, but I did. Uh, it looked like they really hadn't missed a beat against Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup. And, you know, in the past... We'd be running the, we'd be running players like you know Vernon and Anita out there uh, starting, uh, you know, maybe Loic Remy, um, you know guys who weren't are you know week in, week in week out starters. So I'd be optimistic if I'm an Arsenal fan just because your team is healthy, no major injuries coming out of the World Cup, but it's going to be a tough race. Um. So I'm going to stick my neck out there because uh, I, I think it's a really good comparison. Last season, you know, Chelsea kind of came to this holiday period looking like they were going to be pretty good and, and mount a solid challenge. And then they came up against some tough games in the Christmas period and just kind of the wheels fell off. And suddenly it was looking less and less likely that Chelsea would, would be in for it. Um, and, of course, that led to, to you know, final day with City and Liverpool up top and Chelsea sort of wondering what might have been if they'd have held it together um, I think I think the same thing is going to happen to Arsenal I think it's been a great first half of the season um, but I could just see this run of games you mentioned Newcastle I mean they play Newcastle they, they are at home but they, they have to play against Spurs um, they host Manchester United. Again, I, I think it's another tough game for them. I just think that this is where we're going to see that gap really start to narrow. And the experience of other teams around them, I think, might might come back to, to bite them. It's Now, that's not to say that, you know, it's not going to be good for Arsenal. I think they make the Champions League. I think that they may even stay in it. Uh, up until the end, but I, I do think this is going to be a turning point. And the reason is because they are so young, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, all the players that you mentioned for them who are kind of coming back, you know, they're, they're still kind of in that stage of their careers where they're, you know, they're younger. I'm sorry if you hear the dogs barking. I don't know what they're they're barking at. They've been cooped up all day in, in the in the in the cold. Um. um. But I, I just think I, Teddy I just, Charlie are upset that we haven't mentioned Grant Wall. Um, that was know, mentioned on really the last podcast. His, oh, they really yeah. loved his articles written on you know his Substack. Yeah, they were just really you know big Grant Wall heads. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Um. So, but yeah, so I I think this could be this could be a tricky period of time for them. I think it's it's. You know, we said I think beforehand who who is going to hate the most going into this break and getting this break, and I think it was Arsenal. I think they had that momentum going, and now it suddenly stopped, and now you've got to find it again. 
and sometimes that can be kind of difficult. So the this holiday period, or what's left of it, is going to be really interesting from an Arsenal perspective just to see if they can kind of hold it together. Um, and you kind of you sort of mentioned it um, and kind of went into it a little bit, Jordan, but break time is now over. So who do you think who, – who do, who do we think is going to come out the strongest from this World Cup break? And why or why not is your answer Liverpool? Let's let's talk about them. What what do we what do we see from them coming out of this World Cup break and and getting that opportunity? Um, yeah, no, Liverpool uh, is is not going to come out strong. Really? Uh, no, <coughs> because you still have the same midfield you're gonna have you had you know before the World Cup. Uh, you still have you know an a not necessarily polished striker in Darwin Nunez, who, um, who honestly should have, should have had a goal against uh, Manchester city today in the Carabao cup. Uh, Cause he made a great run. He just didn't finish. Um, this is the same team um, that has, you know, for all, for all the, I, I honestly, you know, for all the, that still has Trent Alexander Arnold in, in there in, as a fullback. Well, to his credit, I mean, I, he's done good things for Liverpool. I know he's got his defensive shortcomings. I, I, I just feel like this team um, has, you know, has has some serious holes, and you know wh- uh, whether or not they're up for sale right now. Yeah. Uh, Will either uh, will hamper uh, their activity in the January transfer window? I believe, I think it's rumored that they've already put in a hundred million pound bid for uh, Enzo uh, Fernandez. It's, just, it's exactly uh, what they need. So I mean, I, I I could see them bidding for him. True, but I, you know what? I, I saw this on Twitter. I think the com- it was actually a link to you know the the uh, whatever website it was that had the rumor. It said, "And look at Newcastle with all their oil money ruining the Premier League." Uh, just a fun little jab at you know my least favorite manager, Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. Um, no, I just don't think I just don't think it's Liverpool, man. I really don't. I kind of think when they when they let Sadio Mane go, I kind of think some of their magic, some of their mojo, left with them. Where, where do you have Liverpool? If you had to guess where they were going to finish, and you don't have to say maybe a certain position, but I mean, do you think they get top four this season? Do you think they fall outside of it? Are they are the Europa League? Are they even further down the table? Uh, they might be Europa League or Europa Conference League. Interesting. Very, um, very interesting. I, I feel like I feel like I, Spurs, I think they'll bounce back, but that's that's. Just, I feel like Spurs are, are just more veteran laden, and I, I, you know, I, I think they're going to come out of this break refreshed. Antonio Conte is going to. I mean, because they're pretty solid defensively. Uh, it, you know, it's just sometimes they lack the uh, the the potent attack, even though they have Harry Kane and uh, Human Song. In their in their t- in their front three, uh, I, I think Chelsea. Even though we talked about how you know they might be you know falling back, 
I think they're going to stay above Liverpool. I think Manchester. I think Manchester United is going to have a really strong second half, uh, which is not going to be good for me because I feel like they're going to be pushing Newcastle from behind the entire way. Um, but I, I honestly have uh, Arsenal, United, Newcastle, and of course City finishing in the top four. I just haven't decided where yet. It's pretty solid. Uh, pick for the, for the top four there. I, I, that's a good that's, that's a pretty and good I, prediction there. I, I I think with the also the move the move away from Ronaldo, I think that that's going to be like a a, a veil uh, lifting off the uh, uh, the uh, lifting off the uh, you know the cohesion that is uh, at Manchester United. I think they're just going to be a, a, a funner team. All right, so so Newcastle obviously is coming out strong. I don't I don't disagree there. I don't think Liverpool are, are going to come out necessarily so strong. I think Arsenal are going to hold on. What do we make of Chelsea? Now they're eighth. Uh, their last three matches before the break ended in defeat. So I think Graham Potter was quite happy to uh, to see the the break come into play so that he could kind of get his team figured out. What are we What are we thinking from them? I mean, is this going to be uh, back to the? Def- I think Chelsea could struggle. I. I I don't see a whole lot in this team that's gonna that makes me shout, stand up and shout woohoo. Even though I'm not necessarily hating on on Potter there, but I just don't see I don't see much in him. I, I just think that Graham Potter is a better manager with middling expectations than uh, than certain other teams, and I, I feel like right now he's gonna he's he's used this time to kind of galvanize. Uh, the island of misfit toys that is Chelsea. Um, and honestly, I, I feel like they're going to stay in that maybe that eight to seven range. I really do. Maybe like that. That maybe let, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and up to up to six. You know, I just feel like that's where they're going to be at for the rest of the season. Um. And I, th- I I agree with your your point on Manchester United. I th- I think I think the minute they signed Casemiro, to me was sort of that's that's the sign that this is this is starting to turn around because he allows you to do so much more going forward. I think they looked very good against Burnley in the League Cup. I think Marcus Rashford is is, is coming into some really good form. I mean, he suddenly seems to remember that he's wicked fast um, and can really put defenders on their heels. And that confidence is back, not just with Rashford, with the whole team, but, I, but definitely with Rashford. I mean, you can see it. He's excited to run to run up against those defenders again. He's excited to to sort of push the issue and be on the ball, which I don't think you've you've really seen from him. So I think that that continues. Um, Tottenham is man. I, I don't know. They're just they're so up in the air to me. I think it's really dependent on on Dijon Kulusevski and whether or not he can because I don't know if he necessarily had a super great first half of the season, but you know obviously they've got Son he can always do some stuff they've got Kane he can he can do some good things for you. I don't know if they are quite as good defensively as as um, Antonio Conte would want for his team, but to me they're just they're so up in the air, and and I just I can't get a read on them. I don't know if, if if you feel the same way. Um, 
You know, honestly, I, I think we talked about it earlier with a little bit with Liverpool and Chelsea. I think they're just one of those teams that if everything breaks right, then it's going to be a great ha- second half of the season. But if, if things go bad, then they're going to struggle. But I think they're still, you know, they're still in that class above, uh, which is kind of unfortunate, like Brighton, um, you know, Fulham, um no, no offense to West Ham. West Ham. Yeah. So I think they're just their talent is gonna is gonna be what keeps them in that you know Europa League, Europa Conference League places. But I don't think it's gonna you know it's not going to elevate them into serious Champions League you know contention. Um, I I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, you know, as you know. We're starting this back half of the season, which it started off very well for uh, yours truly. Uh, I got a nice uh, early Christmas present from Bournemouth and an own goal. Um, speaking of, so I'm let's, let's look at the other half of the table. Speaking of Bournemouth, so I'm going to put it to you this way. So this this question has two parts: Nottingham Forest, Southampton, and Wolves. This, this is your bottom three at the moment. Out of those three, Jordan, who do who do you think is most likely to not be there in May? Out of Forest, Southampton, a, and Wolverhampton, that is a good question because I, I personally think they all have a realistic <laughs> opportunity to be in the bottom three. Okay, uh, for all different reasons. Uh, I think Wolverhampton and Southampton. Uh, are both down there just because of the lack of investment, whether it is warranted or not, in the club at, at the uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, and then in, in Nottingham Forest's case, I think it is the overinvestment in the club <laughs> at the beginning of the season. Um, I guess well, it's interesting. Both Wolves and Southampton have new managers. Um. You know, this Julian Lopetegui, I think that's how you said his name right. I don't know if, if we talked about this before the World Cup. God, this just seems like such a, a world away. Um, but he was officially announced as, as the Wolverhampton manager, so he is going to be on the touchline this Boxing Day. Um, Southampton, I think foolishly, but they dispensed of Ralph Hasenhuttle. Um uh, as we entered the the break, and Nathan Jones, the the Welsh manager, is now going to be on the touchline for Southampton. So, real quick, Adam did uh, when uh, when Julian Lopete- Lopetegui uh, when he you know made his club debut, did he have wolves around him as well? What? You don't remember the pictures with Diego Foster where he had like two live wolves? Oh no, I missed that next to him for the club photo. <laughs> Why would you uh, only Diego caught that's a Diego Costa thing. Like that's something that's one of those that's like, yeah, that's that's him. That's that's only Mario Balotelli can out Diego Costa. Diego Costa. I think. Diego that's, Costa. That's, yeah. Yeah. Um so I mean out of those three, I, I to be honest, I think the most likely to escape and I don't know if this is I, I don't know, for some reason something in my gut tells me Forrest will put it to, pull it together. Cuz I think they'll trust that, you know, I think they'll trust the, the, the process. I think they'll trust their new squad 
you know, can be brought together. I think they'll they'll trust that Steve Cooper can get the job done, and and they'll then then he'll pull out. Uh, let me ask you, put it this way then. So the first, those are the three that are in, and we'll include Bournemouth in this. But Everton, West Ham, Leeds, and Bournemouth are the next. Uh, they're they're the ones that are within three points of the relegation zone of those four clubs: Everton, West Ham, Leeds, and Bournemouth. Who's the most likely to find themselves in the bottom three? Come May. All right. So I have two answers. I have my realistic answer, which is Bournemouth. Right. Um, and your hopeful answer, my... which is Everton. You know me too well. <laughs> it's, almost like, it's almost like we we've known each other pretty much. Like I know. Fin- I know Finley. Finley wasn't happy that Jordan Pickford started over uh, uh, Pope either. They had the save of the tournament. He had yeah, but they still got the, one of the best saves that I've ever. I mean, just that strong arm against Senegal that kept them in that game. That was, I mean, that was fantastic. It was on target. That strong, that strong tiny arm. Hey man, all it's got it's just got to be strong. It doesn't have to be big. It's not about the size. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no, but so I mean, but Bournemouth, I think. I mean, they 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 were kind of riding a high. As as we went into the World Cup break, I think, and I think that's gonna that's gonna die down. Um. All right. So I got uh, you know, we're 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 about to enter. We're exiting the holiday season. We're about to enter the January transfer window, Adam. Yep. I have three players. Where are? Do you think they're going to stay with their current clubs, or do you think they're going to move someone else somewhere else? Okay. James Madison. Okay. Alexis McAllister. Oh. And then this is the oddball one. Okay. Yao Felix. So. I think James Madison will stay. Until the summer, but I think he will stay because I don't know how much his stock changed due to this World Cup. If he had if he if he had played well in the World Cup and 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 gotten his chance, which I I think Gareth should have given him more of a chance than he did. Um, I I think he he could have moved, but I I think because of that he will stay. I think clubs will maybe wait for the summer to get him. I think Jao Felix is on his way out the door. I think there might be already a deal in place for him just because I think Atletico Madrid are in a financial situation where they kind of need to get rid of players. And this is a good chance for Xiao Felix to sort of cut bait and, and, and start anew. I don't know if he's necessarily had the best of times um, at Atletico Madrid since he made his move over there. Um, and then, who's the other one? Alexis McAllister. Alexis McAllister. This is the interesting one. Because if you had told me... If you had even told me going into this World Cup that Alexis McAllister would have found himself in the final playing alongside the best player in the world, Lionel Messi, as they won the World Cup, I'd have thought you were crazy and maybe a, maybe and probably a Brighton fan. But he had an incredible tournament. I mean, he was just constantly there. I mean, there were times where I, I at that final where I kind of thought, oh, Messi's on the ball. And it, it wasn't Messi on the ball. It was Alexis McAllister. There's going to be a lot of big teams looking at him now. And because of where he's coming from, 
because of the wage demands or lack thereof that he might make, I think he's going to be a suitable transfer target for some big clubs. The only question is whether or not he sees a better future away from Brighton than he does see one with Brighton. On the one hand, Brighton are performing quite well, but you have to wonder how that, how long is that going to last? I mean, they they lost their manager early on. You know, Deserbi, I'm sure, is a fine is a fine guy, but you sort of maybe could consider that to be a new manager bounce helping you out. Um, and I can see them. I like I said, I, I just I can see there being some big teams that are in for him, particularly in Italy and Spain. But I'm going to say he stays, like James Madison. I don't think he moves yet. Um, but I do think in the summer, assuming that he continues his good form in the Premier League, I think we could see Alexis McAllister leave uh, leave Brighton because, like, he just had a, a fantastic World Cup. So that's there's my. I think of those three, Jao Felix is the only one who definitely moves clubs um, in the uh, in the in the summer transfer window or in the in the sorry in the January transfer window. So uh, I, I think James Madison moves. Um, I, I think it's, I think he's coming to Newcastle uh, just because Newcastle has been so dogged in the pursuit of him. Um, he seems interested. And, but why not? Why uh, not get him in the summer? I, I think that was a term of fi- I think that was just because of financial fair play and where the 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 month the, where the where where the the state of affairs with the uh, the money laid at I, I honestly think the if they bid for him a you know a, a third time I think it's going to be real probably around seventy million um, and, I, and I think uh, you know Leicester City is going to accept that um, I think Leicester I, I honestly think all three players can move I really do. Uh, you know, you talked about whether or not Brighton are going to continue to run a form. Don't forget, they just lost Charlton Athletic uh, on penalties in the cup competition. I saw it was, it was fantastic. And um, so, I mean, maybe he's eager for success and is wanting to capitalize off his, you know, great World Cup performances. Hmm. Um. So, but I think one one of the things that I I, I think he stays and that I said about James Madison. James Madison is a good point because he can move to another Premier League team. But I think I don't see anybody in the Premier League. I think I think if Alexis McAllister moves, it's going to be outside the league. I think it's going to be somebody from Spain or Italy who 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 goes for him. And I think that we saw over the summer how big of a draw the Premier League was. Um, you know. I think you saw some players who maybe foregoing some time at at some big clubs outside of there who would go to, you know, if, you know, if for example, if Brighton were in, if the, the type of club that Brighton were, if you looked for them in Syria, say, they would be less of a draw than the fact that they were in England, and and of course they're doing, you know, regardless of how they're doing, so. I, I think he stays just because it's it's the Premier League. But I think in the summer when you see some teams that are able to, you know, financially prepare for what you would need to, to do to get Alexis McAllister, I think they'll go for him. Um, 
but uh, but it's a good point about uh, about James Madison and Jao Felix is another one. I I don't know where he's I I don't know where he would go. Could you see him going to Newcastle instead of James Madison? Obviously, they'll have the money. I mean, I I could. I I kind of don't see where he would uh, uh, he would fit right away into the squad, honestly. Um, just because you know we're getting Isak back, you know Callum Wilson is relatively healthy. Um, well, he could play the same I role. Think, that, I mean, Madison plays in behind the striker. I think Felix could do the same thing. I, I, I but I also think I also think Madison would be a better could be a better player out wide. Uh, and, I, and I feel like in, in the one area that Newcastle kind of lack kind of lacks depth that is. Uh, he is out wide on the wings. Um, yeah. I mean, but, you, you would, we wouldn't want him coming in taking Miggy's spot. Please don't. No, no, no. But it was <laughs> kind of worrying when when Miggy missed an absolute sitter on his right foot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he he, he I definitely mean, he didn't was, want he didn't want the World Cup break. Dude no, he did fire. not want the World Cup break. Yeah. Um. I'm just, Sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for a return to normalcy. Yeah. You know. Yep. Uh, I, I, I've, I've been lacking in the Premier League festive season, so I'm looking forward to it returning back on Boxing Day. Um, when is the first FA Cup weekend? I know that's coming up pretty soon. Um, that's a really good question. We went over this last podcast, and I forgot now. When do they play? It's the... Come on, man. The internet's being weird. It's not the... Here we go. It's not the first weekend in February. It's going to be, I think, the second one? Yes. And uh, Newcastle go to Sheffield Wednesday. Yes, this is January the 7th. So I guess the first full weekend in January. Um uh, so it's it's that weekend of, of January the seventh, which I think is a Sunday. Um, so yeah, returning to normalcy. This is going to happen to us within the next week. But uh, in case you missed it, we did have some normal English football going on this week in the form of the League Cup. Just to round out those round four scores for you, Wolves are through to the quarterfinals uh, in a two nil win against. Jellingham, Newcastle 1, Bournemouth 0 on that own goal that Jordan mentioned. MK Dons 0, Leicester City 3. Southampton took care of Lincoln City 2 to 1. Blackburn 1, Nottingham Forest 4. A bit sad for the Rovers there. Uh, as mentioned, Charlton Athletic 0, Brighton 0, but Charlton with a 4-3 win on penalties. If you haven't seen the highlights of that, please go and watch. Believe it or not, the first three penalty takers overall uh, managed to hit the post. So, uh, it definitely wasn't one for uh, for uh, for the purists out there. Not the best penalty taking going on in that one. But Charlton Athletic, from all the way in League One, I believe, uh, get get through to the next round, and they'll see who they get drawn against uh, later this week. Manchester United two, Burnley nil, Manchester City three, Liverpool two. That result was today. Really, really great game to get us back. Into the swing of things, speaking of getting back into the swing of things, just to remind us all where we sit uh, as we enter this Boxing Day. In the Premier League table, Arsenal 
Still top of the table on 37 points. Five points back from them is Manchester City with 32 points. Newcastle uh, with 30 points in third. Tottenham, uh, 29 points. They are in fourth. Manchester United just behind them in fifth. Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, Fulham, and Brentford round out your top 10. Crystal Palace on 19 points uh, in 11th, just barely at 11th on goal difference uh, behind Brentford. Aston Villa are in 12th. Leicester City find themselves in 13th. Bournemouth, perhaps surprisingly, finding themselves in 14th. Leeds, West Ham, Everton, all in uh, within that range of the relegation zone. A bit too close for comfort from a West Ham perspective. David Moyes is still in charge. Don't ask me why. Nottingham Forest, Southampton, and Wolves uh, are in the bottom three. Um, so that's that's the state of play as we enter Boxing Day. And uh, we'll we'll talk about those games real quick, Jordan, just so we know what we're watching uh, when uh, when we meet up on Monday. So it's seven thirty a.m. Eastern time. Brentford versus Tottenham. That's on USA Network. Uh, ten a.m. There's four games uh, kicking off at ten a.m. Everton versus Wolves. Southampton versus Brighton. Palace versus Fulham. All of those are on Peacock. But Jordan, your Newcastle find themselves on USA Network. They take on Leicester City. In the East Midlands, uh, again, those are all at 10 a.m. 12:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Aston Villa versus Liverpool. That's on USA Network. And then, for some reason, uh, a 3 p.m. kickoff. Um, the late kickoff, but it is a London derby. Arsenal versus West Ham, and that I believe is going to be on Peacock. I think they're doing that to us uh, for some stupid reason. Probably should take that into consideration when we're uh, planning our day. Um, but again, that's at 3 p.m. That rounds out your Boxing Day on Tuesday. Beats the teams that don't get to uh, play on the best day of the year. Chelsea versus Bournemouth, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on USA Network. Also on USA uh, at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, Manchester United versus Forest. And on Wednesday, December the 28th, the the round rounds out with Leeds versus Manchester City. That's at 3 p.m. on USA Network. Caleb left before we got the chance to do this, Jordan, but it's top-shelf picks time. Um, Now, this... I'm going to do a better job. This is my New Year's re- resolution. I'm going to start it now. I'm going to do a better job of updating this because we kind of had some some days during the first half of the season that we missed. Part of that, of course, was due to uh, the Queen dying, and therefore we missed a round of games. Um, RIP. But I do want to do it a little bit more regularly. So just to uh, uh, kind of bring us back as far as that goes. So the last time that we, we predicted games... I think was the last round before we all broke for uh, for for the World Cup, and I actually did quite well um, to the extent that you and I are tied now, Jordan, at the top of the table. We both have seventeen points. Now, if this came down to a tiebreaker, you have the better overall record, so you would, of course, still be in first. Um, but uh, so Jordan with seventeen points. Uh, I've got 17 points, and Caleb has 16 points. So it's all to play for as we restart this ga- this week. And uh, we'll start our uh, post-World Cup predictions with these three lovely games. It's all the teams that we're following. Yay, Palace versus Fulham, Leicester versus Newcastle, and Arsenal against West Ham. All of these games taking place on Boxing Day. Jordan... As you lead in the table, I will allow you to go first or second. You can choose uh, whichever way you want to go. Would you like to predict first uh, or second? 
I think I want to defer to the second pick. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll take the champion's advantage. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, so Palace versus Fulham is the first one up. I I feel a draw coming on in this game. I think it's going to be very even uh, from Selhurst Park. Leicester versus Newcastle. I'm going to give it to Newcastle. I think it's going to be 2-1 to the tune. Uh, Leicester are going to start out their uh, their campaign after the World Cup, much the way that they finished the last one, kind of struggling. And then Arsenal versus West Ham. Uh, I know we're just going to get shellacked in this game. I know we are, but I'm hopeful. I've got the – call it Christmas, but I've got optimism running through my veins. So I'm going to go – I'm going to pick 1-0 which is probably my first mistake, but I, I'm going to say West Ham. I'm, I'm going to go West Ham beating Arsenal by a goal to nil. I would be ecstatic if this happened. Um, but in my heart of hearts, I know it's not going to happen. But that's that's what uh, that's what I'm uh, wearing my heart on my sleeve. I'm going to pick West Ham to beat Arsenal. So, Jordan, Palace versus Fulham, Leicester versus Newcastle, and Arsenal against West Ham. i got to say it's a 1-1 draw between Palace and Fulham. Um, Newcastle, I think it's going to be a 2-0 win over Leicester. 2-0. And then, Adam, unfortunately, I love your optimism. I I love your optimism. I think it's going to be 3-1 Arsenal. Yeah, I I could definitely see that happen. I'm I'm very nervous about that game for for obvious reasons. Hashtag You you know what? I'll be be straight honest with you. If If West Ham does pull off the win... Uh, we will be celebrating for sure because that will be just a, an incredible ride back. You'll be buzzing. It'll, it'll be a great. It'll be a great <laughs> afternoon with, uh, if West Ham wins. I'll be drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'll. Uh, no, I'll. I'll. That that that'll be nice. That that would be a very nice uh, way to end our Boxing Day. Um. So yeah, we're back. This is great. It, it feels it feels good to be back. I think you're right, Jordan. It just feels right. It feels right to be talking about this again. The World Cup was fine. There's a lot of good things about it. There's a lot of bad things about it. There's a lot of good things about it. I never want to do a Winter World Cup again. We've missed the Premier League. We've missed English football. The FA Cup is coming up. It's such a great time to be alive. You know, Adam, I could do a Winter World Cup again. However, I would do it under the circumstances that it's in or near the time zone I live in. Just yes. because with where with what I do for work, I would love to have like a, a nice four o'clock kickoff. You know, that way I can actually watch some of the matches live. That'd be super. Um but yeah, no, it no now that we now that that's passed, now that we're we're done with uh, you know, uh What's uh, John Ham Santa? Um, <laughs> Which was, I mean, best part. To, best part to me. No, I no no. That really? Is not the oh, best I loved part. it. I thought he was no, great. No, no, no one. I no. I want Santa to be fat. Santa is Santa is not some smoldering guy who either, who looks like he, he who looks like he's about to sell off. You know. Uh, a, a multinational asset for billions of dollars while, you know, while having a two martini lunch. No, I want my Santa to be fat, jolly, hopefully not gassy, but I mean, a man that big, come on now. We all know that we all know what happens. 
Um, and bringing Yuletide cheer. I don't know. John Hamm can bring me some Yuletide cheer. I'm a fan of it. I like it. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I, uh, you know, like I said, the World Cup is great, but this is just this is where I've I've already got my uh, my order in Jordan, so I've got I've got my mince pies, so I'm, I'll bring those down. I've got Jaffa cakes, so I'll bring those down with me too, and I'll try and save enough custard creams. So that we can enjoy those two. Okay. Can't make any promises. Okay. Can't make um, any promises. All right. Well, so you know, I, I don't know if the podcast world knows about my Christmas situation. Uh, I have completed Christmas number one. Okay. Uh, two and three are Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, respectively. That makes sense. Then, uh, you know, as you lovingly called Boxing Day second Christmas, that's going to be fourth Christmas. Yep. And then New Year's Day will be fifth Christmas. Oh my god. We gotta. We can't. We can't get into the New Year's Day games yet. We gotta. We gotta. Yeah. No. I know. So. Back. So. <laughs> my we'll, holiday we'll season. My holiday season is uh is plenty busy. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also looking forward to the return of the Premier League. It's yep. going to be nice. This weekend, 6.30, not this weekend, Boxing Day, day after Christmas, so kind of this weekend. Uh, 6.30 Central, 7.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Jordan, for the first time in such a long time, would you mind signing us off the Premier League edition of this podcast? Let's go eat some pies, guys. Let's go eat some pies, some mince pies, whatever kind of pies you can find. Uh, we're going to enjoy it. We're going to enjoy the return of the Premier League, which is coming up very, very soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Caleb. Have fun with CJ. We will see you guys uh, next week.